here on ESPN-UP. Unfortunately, it's not Local 3 Thursdays with Jake Durant yet. I got to tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, I was out. just I was taking a late lunch. I had some work to do over the noon hour, so I'm taking a late lunch a couple of hours ago. And as you know, if you're driving around in town, you've been driving around in town here over the course of the last few hours or so, it's snowing pretty bad. And I had no idea, didn't realize how bad it was coming down. So there's pure ice on this particular stretch of road that I'm on. It is pure snow-covered ice. I end up going off the road and perch myself a few feet into a snowbank. So I'm there for the better part of the lunch hour that, again, was taken late and <laughs> made me worry if I was going to get back here in time or not. Thankfully, we did. Thankfully, there were some uh, three particular individuals who were kind enough. I did not know them. They were just kind enough to stop and help me get myself out of the drift. So I'm thankful I was able to get here about 20 minutes ago or so and get in studio in time to do the show. Unfortunately, it is not Local 3 Day with Jake Durant yet because the same thing happened to him. Jake is dealing with a little bit of a weather, auto, uh, meetup, problems, what have you. Uh, long story short, Jake is in a snowbank. He is going to be here. He uh, assures me that at some point he's going to get himself out of it and we will have Jake here in studio over the course of the next hour or so. so but let's get the show going until Jake arrives, and we'll do so by talking NFL. Week 15 of the NFL season gets going tonight with the Ravens taking on the Jets. We've got our pick'em standings to update you on. We're going to have to get Jake's picks a little bit later. Baseball players are absolutely getting paid. It's a good week to be Scott Boris. I don't know if anybody else in America has had a better week than Scott Boris this week. We've got NBA to talk about because the Bucks just keep on winning. We've got the Celtics and Sixers coming up tonight, a rematch, first time they meet since opening night. And that was an excellent ball game. Philadelphia won that one at home. Plus, Michigan basketball is confusing. It, it, they're confusing in some sense, although the loss to Illinois not as bad as some would make it out to be. Plus, we've got college football to talk about. It's going to be a packed show today, and we're glad to have you along per usual. Let's start with the NFL, and let's start with our picks. And again, Jake, who's going to be here shortly, him and I are tied atop the standings. We're both at 45 and 25. The difference being Monday Night Football. Again, I thought Philadelphia would win it, but I picked the Giants on the record because it was wishful thinking, and Philadelphia won that game in overtime. Everyone else picked Philly, so everybody else gained a game on me. So Jake and myself are both 45 and 25. Ryan Stieg and Tyree Smith are both 41 and 29. And then John Michael Hoefling is 37 and 33. Again, Thursday night football tonight to kick off the week. We've got Baltimore at home taking on the Jets. The Ravens with a chance to win the division. I'm picking Baltimore. I know Tyree's picking Baltimore. I haven't got the other three guys' picks yet. We're going to get them, of course, before kickoff tonight I don't think anyone's going to be picking the Jets I can't imagine anybody would think the Jets are going to go on the road tonight and beat Baltimore how about the two games we have here in ESPN UP on Sunday the early game we love these AFC South games on ESPN radio we've got Houston on the road taking on Tennessee Titans again they've won four in a row Ryan Tannethrill, we're going to get that to trend. He's been just awesome lately, and he has the Titans in a position to contend for that division. You've got Houston that thrashed the Patriots a couple of weeks ago and then got thrashed by Drew Locke and the Broncos last week. Did they bounce back? Well, they have for each of their five losses. They've responded with two consecutive wins after every loss so far this season. 
it could go either way. It's a toss-up, and usually in toss-up games, I want to go with the home team. I want to go with Tennessee. I'm not, though, and I'm going to go with Houston. I think they get the win on the road. You've got Minnesota at L.A. is in the Chargers, the afternoon game here in ESPN-UP. That game got flexed out for the Sunday night football game. And I, I still see the Vikings doing it. Despite how well the Chargers played last week, the Vikings are playing well themselves. And Kirk Cousins is not getting in his own way. Kirk Cousins isn't turning the ball over. He's being smart with it. He's not trying to do too much. He's just getting it out to his playmakers and letting them do their thing. I have Minnesota getting the road win here. How about Sunday night football? We've got Buffalo and that defense on the road taking on Pittsburgh. Duck Hodges and what he's been able to do has just been amazing. Keeping Pittsburgh in it despite no uh, Le'Veon Bell, no Antonio Brown, no Juju Smith-Schuster, no James Conner, no Ben Roethlisberger, no Josh Dobbs or Mason Rudolph or whoever the, the three guys that were at the uh, forefront of the depth chart ahead of Duck Hodges to start the year. Despite all that, Pittsburgh is still in contention, largely because of Mike Tomlin. Buffalo is in contention, largely because of their defense, schemed, of course, by Sean McDermott, really underrated head coach, a guy that most people, most football fans even probably couldn't pick out of a lineup. But, man, he has done a wonderful job with Buffalo this year. And I really want to pick Buffalo. I really do. But I trust Mike Tomlin and the Steelers more in primetime, at home. That's why I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in this one. Keep in mind, Tyree picked Buffalo yesterday. And then Monday Night Football, we've got Indianapolis, who looked good to start the year despite Andrew Luck's abrupt retirement. Jacoby Brissett, Frank Reich looked like they were getting along really well. And since then, things have gone south for Indy as they drop below 500 at 6-7. and seven. They are on the road taking on the Saints. They're coming off that heartbreaking loss of the buzzer to the 49ers last week. Robbie Gould, the gold standard, although the Saints' offense was electrifying. 46 points in their defense. They're going to have better days than last Sunday. and They're not going to play teams as offensively gifted as San Francisco was on Sunday. That's why I'm going to go with New Orleans to win that Monday night football game. I'd be interested to see if anybody does pick Indy, though. If anybody thinks Indy can go in and get that upset on the road. I know Ryan is kind of partial to the Colts. I know he spent some time out in Indiana. So we'll see. We'll ask him tomorrow. Actually, i got to get his pick. Nah, that one's Monday. I don't have to get it tonight. I will get it tonight, though. We'll have the answer tomorrow here in ESPN-UP. So that is Pick'em as we play every week. we got three weeks left in the regular season, and then we got the playoffs, and we're going to keep it going through the postseason, but we're going to wait playoff games. We're going to wait games as we get through each round in the postseason. But let's talk about the matchup we have on hand tonight. That is Thursday night football out in Maryland where the Jets take on the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, he had a quad injury last week, and uh, he, he, you wondered what his availability would be this week. Now, he did miss a little bit of last week's game. It was a win anyway, and they had it in hand. But he did miss a little bit of time with that tweak. I don't even want to call it an injury, just a tweak. You get people out here saying, Lamar Jackson could sit tonight, and they would still beat the Jets. The Ravens would still beat the Jets and clinch the division on Thursday night football. And hold your horses. I mean, you just saw Bill Belichick not necessarily cheat, maybe cheat, against the Bengals. The 1-12 and 12 Bengals, we talked about in the show on Tuesday, I think it was, you can't take anything for granted in this league, especially a Jets team that is one of the best at stopping the run in football, and they've won for their last five games. So to say Lamar Jackson could sit tonight and the Ravens would rule is absolutely ludicrous. 
I don't even know who the Ravens' backup is. I used to know it when it was Joe Flacco. I don't know if they have, like, Thaddeus Young or whatever his name was. I don't, I don't even know if he's still back there. Robert Griffin III, that's who the backup is. Okay, so RG3, yeah, maybe he could play. I don't know. Maybe he could come in tonight and do a good job. Maybe they would still beat the Jets. But to say that's something that John Harbaugh should even consider is ludicrous. This is a Jets team. Hey, do we have Jake? Hey, we got Jake. What's up? So Jake Durant is in studio with us. How about that, man? I know uh, <laughs> he's been uh, kind of in the same situation that I was earlier this afternoon. We have uh, <laughs> some uh, problems with snowbanks earlier today. I was stuck in one about an hour and a half ago. Just made it to the studio in time. Jake, thankfully, was able to make it here despite the weather doing its darndest to keep him out of it. What's going on, my man? Man, I got stuck twice. Twice? Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's, that's, how? Well, all right, so coming into work, going into work, going to Local 3, our station's located right by Super 1 Foods, mm-hmm. and there's a gas station, and I was like, I need to get gas, so I don't want to have to do it later, mm-hmm. a lot of snow's coming down, so I got gas at this gas station and decided to cut through Super 1 parking lot, mm-hmm. and there's like Kohl's, and the, there's the Westwood Mall and everything, and then, then there's like this little, it's kind of a steep road, probably shouldn't have tried it in the first place, but going up to my station, a little shortcut, I, just, I started driving up that little road, and lo and behold, there was three cars stuck. Mm. So I had to come to a complete stop. In turn, I got stuck. So I finally was able to get loose and roll back down the hill. And then I tried to go on to the US-41, mm-hmm. and there was a car that was in front of me. Again, I had to come to a complete stop, and it was on a little bit of a slant. The, the car went. I tried to go, got stuck again. There was cars behind me. I had to get out, tell everyone to move back. The whole nine yards. Mm. Um, so I was literally about 100 yards away from my work for about 35 minutes. Didn't have a way to get <laughs> up to my work. Finally got up there, and, and that's why I'm late. So it, it was actually, I live in Harvey, Michigan. Like, it's mm. about five, ten-minute drive right outside of Marquette. And, and it was a, it was white out. Yep. White out conditions along Lake Superior. I was driving super slow. Um, and unfortunately, this th- this stuff happens. So um, I'm glad to be here. I was able to get to my station, get a station car. Mm. My car is not the worst in winter, mm. but not the best. Right. It's an older car. So I um, was able to get a station car and get here. So I'm sorry I'm a little bit late. But I'm here. Well, my car's got four-wheel drive, and I still got stuck, if that yeah. makes you feel better. But, yeah, it does. Hey, I'm sure a lot of people are out there getting stuck right now. So if you're out there, you see somebody stuck, be a good neighbor, be a good Samaritan, do a good deed. I'm starting to learn that I need to invest in a tow cable because I didn't have one. Thankfully, somebody who stopped uh, to help me did have one, and they had a pickup, so that helped, and I yeah. was able to get out. But I'm starting to learn I should ask for a tow cable for Christmas. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't hurt. And, and the good thing about living here in the UP, people are so nice, oh, yeah. and it seems like every other person has some sort of truck, or mm-hmm. you know, you see trucks with snow plows and, and things like that. And, and most people, um, there's a lot of people that are willing to stop and help someone out who's stuck. So, um, yeah, if, if you ever see someone stuck, I mean, it's good karma. Um, and I was lucky enough to have some people help me out today. So I didn't realize it was going to be that bad. I went out at, oh, over lunch for groceries, maybe a sandwich, and I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah. Out there, but it is pretty bad. And, out it, there. and it happened so quick, just because we have that lake effect snow. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I went to the gym, went home. I I was probably inside getting ready for about forty minutes, and I came out, and there was you know my car was covered, snow was coming down, just a completely different look. And yeah, it, it happens really quick. I tell you what, good to have you though. Good to have I'm here. Have you and uh, and man, if you're out there in your car, I mean, be safe. Don't travel if you don't need to. Quote my mentor and friend Chuck Freebie: 
Stay off the bypass if absolutely possible. And, and <laughs> like, seriously, drive slow. There's still people out there that are, you know, gunning it, going mm-hmm. over the speed limit. You don't have to do that. And, and be mindful when you're passing people in the left lane that you're shooting up snow in, into people's faces, and, and, and it can be blinding. So um, just take it slow. I mean, you're not only endangering yourself but everyone around you and, and things like that. So um, just be careful. Well, I tell you what, Jake, well, I was uh, getting into the Thursday night football matchup, but let's get your picks first for our pick standings because – you and I are tied for first place. Three weeks left in the regular season, starting tonight, and then we've got the weighted playoff matchups, depending how those shake out. But you and I are both 45 and 25. Let's start with tonight's matchup, the Jets taking on Baltimore. I mean, this one's pretty easy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Baltimore, I think they're the best team in the NFL. Um, all signs are pointing. Lamar Jackson will be playing tonight. I even think Baltimore would win with RG3 playing. Um, I'm pretty. I'm interested that, that I'm... I'm Wondering why Baltimore would want to play Lamar Jackson tonight. Dealing with that quad injury, um, you know, he's just one of those guys. I think Baltimore is going to make it to the the Super Bowl, but you never know. One mm-hmm. major injury, and I know you could say that about any team. If if your quarterback gets injured, you're one injury away from from disaster. But with Lamar, you know, he's he's carrying the ball so much, getting hit and things like that. Um, the, you know, the chances of him getting injured are a little bit more. But I mean, it's the Jets. It's Baltimore. I think Baltimore is just, just a way better team. This one's easy. I was talking about right before you came in why Baltimore needs to play Lamar Jackson tonight, why it shouldn't be uh, a- any kind of uh, a decision for John Harbaugh to make, whether to rest him or not, because the Jets with that rushing defense, for all their faults this year, they are excellent stopping the run. They're second in the NFL in rush defense, and Ronnie Stanley likely is not going to play tonight. I believe he's the best left tackle, at least in the AFC, if not in all of football, and that rushing attack just gets so, if you take out Lamar Jackson and Ronnie Staley against that rush defense, it leaves the door open for New York just a little bit, plus they've won four of their last five, but I'm with you, I think with Lamar Jackson, the Ravens are going to roll tonight. Yeah, I, I think so too, and, and those are very good points, obviously the Jets aren't just going to roll over and 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 you know let Baltimore beat them down, um, but you know, you're, you're above, you're top team in the AFC, you might have this week it's kind of almost i won't call it a bye week but it's the jets and even if you do lose the game i mean you're still in pretty good position get a 24 to 3 lead at halftime then take him out exactly exactly (laughs) you know and and i i would assume all of the nfl you know nfl fans football fans in general are just hoping that lamar is able to stay healthy and, and you know we see the ravens and the packers in the super bowl like i've predicted so we'll see if that happens i tell you what we've got houston at tennessee here in espn up in the afternoon which could be a coin flip game. Yeah, Houston, you know, I was very disappointed with Houston in, in the way he they let Drew Locke and the Broncos come in and, and kind of just dominate them. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Um, I actually lost one of my fantasy leagues because instead mm. of playing the Saints defense, who was going up against a really good, uh, the Niners, yep. I was like, I'm going to just grab the, you know, Houston's mm-hmm. defense, going up against Drew Locke at home, like the, they're going to dominate. And that decision alone lost me my my win mm-hmm. and then it was the first round of the playoffs so i'm kicked out because i trusted houston in their defense i'm not trusting houston again i just think tan, tan i don't know what it is I, I have a different viewpoint on Tannehill right now tana thrill tana Thr- yeah you know and him in tennessee it's you know it's a new new environment new system he's just thriving right now and um i like this tennessee team i like derrick henry i like what they got going on i think their young receivers are playing well i'm gonna go with the titans all right so somebody is gonna grab the lead because i picked houston so about 4 o'clock Sunday afternoon, the tie will be broken. Knowing my luck, Houston, Deshaun Watson, they're going to have a revenge game and dominate. We'll see. 
How about the afternoon game in ESPN-UP? Vikings at Chargers. You know, know what, what my, you want. You know, you know what I want. I, want I to see, what you want. I want to see the Vikings lose, obviously. Um, will it happen? I don't know, man. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I know the Chargers, they don't really have a lot to play for right now, but at home, Vikings coming to town, I can't go against Minnesota, though. Yeah. I really want to. I want to go with my heart, but... I'm going to go with my head. I'm going to go with the Vikings. I'm in agreement. The Vikings will probably win that game. How about the flex game on Sunday night football? Another goodie. You've got Buffalo in that defense at Pittsburgh. Man, this is this is a coin flip it's game. Another I mean, this is two teams that are are a little similar. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Buffalo kind of has the advantage at the quarterback position. But you think so? Two, I think so. I like Josh Allen. Okay. I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. Um, this defense, both defenses are really good. Mm-hmm. This one's tough, man. I'm going to go Buffalo. All right. Buffalo in that one. And then somebody might have a two-game lead because I went with Pittsburgh. (laughs) How about Monday Night Football? You think the Colts can go on the road and beat the Saints? No. I don't either. I'm going to go New Orleans. Uh, I think all of us are going to go New Orleans. I haven't got everybody's pick, but I'd be surprised if anybody anybody goes with the Jets tonight or the Colts on Monday. So that's Pick'em as we play here every week in the sports pen. Let's take our first time out when we come back. Talk a little college football with the bowl matchup set, the Heisman Trophy finalist announced, all that and more next in ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. We know who's heading to New York, and we know who's probably going to be crowned the Heisman Trophy winner on Saturday night. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along. We'll talk about the Heisman Trophy race, the ceremony coming up, and how I'm hoping those four young men are spending this week deleting old tweets, what have you, because whoever wins is going to get get their social media dug through all the way back to 2009, Mm -hmm. because that's just the world that we live in. But first, Jake, it's the first time we've had you on since the bull matchups were announced, and going up against another storied program Michigan is to end the season. Yeah, and, and you know, Obviously, Michigan coming up short for the college football playoff kind of, you know, dimmed the college football season for me just because I felt like this team had a chance to do some some big things this year and obviously um, lost to Ohio State. Just lost games we should have we won. Um, but going up against Alabama, that's a good consolation prize. I mean, it, it keeps you in the national spotlight. If you could get a win, I think that's huge for, you know, momentum in the recruiting trail because you can go and say, hey, our last game out, we just knocked off Nick Saban, Alabama Crimson Tide. If you come to Michigan, you know you're going to be playing in games like this, and you're going to you're going to be successful in games like this. So, um, especially for Jim Harbaugh, who's kind of been, you know, a lot of people are saying he's not a good recruiter. He can do everything else, but his recruitment, you know, he just he can't get, you know, to that next level. Get those type of players that Alabama's bringing in, and and Ohio State's bringing in, you know, they're getting like the, the lower tier. So um, anything that can help in recruiting when you do well in big games like that on a big stage in a pretty big bowl game, you know, is a good thing. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see it. Um, obviously, Alabama, Tua's not going to be playing. Um, who knows who's not going to be playing in this right. game. They're going to have, I'm guessing they're going to have some people sit out because they have their whole wide receiving core is first-round picks. Mm-hmm. But we'll see who plays and things like that. I'm excited for the matchup, and, and um, I'm hoping that Michigan can end the year on a high note and, and just get some momentum going into the offseason. kind of reminds me of the 9 Sugar Bowl when Alabama didn't make the national championship. People were expecting them to be one of the top teams you know, of that decade, not just of, uh, of Nick Saban's tenure. And they got beat by Utah in the Sugar Bowl. Like, they just didn't have something to play for. And then it happened, I think, five years later 
weren't they playing Oklahoma in a bowl game and they weren't in the national championship that year. It was like 13-14, and they lay an egg against Oklahoma. I think it's just a mentality thing. I mean, mm-hmm. players, you know, especially when you go to Alabama, championships are, are it. Mm-hmm. Anything else is a complete failure, and when you come just short, a lot of players, you know, they're young young gentlemen. You know, they could probably get inside their head and just be like, you know, honestly, like, this really doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Even if we win this, it's still it's still a failure. I mean, I'm sure Michigan's thinking the same way, but I think more so with Alabama, who's won championships uh, recently. Um, you know, it's hard to get mentally into those type of games where you just feel like you don't deserve to be here and you should be playing for something bigger. And, and you know, that's what leads to coming out and just coming out flat. How cool is it, though, that for the first time ever, all five Division One programs in the state of Michigan are bowl eligible during the same season? You know, when I when I saw that, I mean, that's just absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always prideful when you talk about just the state of Michigan. I love when I do, you know, as, as much as I, I don't like Michigan State, I love when to see when Michigan State and Michigan are both doing really well because you have that kind of feather in your cap where you're like, we have a couple teams that are pretty dominant here in the state of Michigan. And just, just the success of all the other teams, you know, obviously the, the mid-major teams and stuff, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, et cetera, you know, all these teams playing really well. I just think that's it's good for the state. It's good for the state when it comes to, you know, athletics and stuff like that. And, and you know, when, when you reach bowl time, you root for the other teams. You know, Michigan State's going to go play against Wake Forest, you yep. know. I do hope they beat them. I really do. So, um, yeah, it's just cool to see. Pinstripe Bowl out at Yankee Stadium is a team that they've never played before in Wake Forest. Man, I just want to know what Spartan fans are feeling for that. Are, are you? Can you? Can you get excited for that? Um, I think there are some programs that would be really excited about playing at Yankee yeah, I mean, Stadium. I'm sure you know Wake but, Forest probably is a pretty right, excited. right because you know that's kind of. I mean, that's unique for them, and they don't have the standard Michigan State does. Michigan State should be playing, well, at least, you know, on this, the standard is Michigan State should be playing on New Year's Day, if not the college football playoff, every year. Right. And I think that's where the frustration comes with D'Antonio is because if he's going out there saying a 6-6 six and six season is a win for the program, that makes Spartan fans think he's not the right guy. We don't want him anymore in Lansing. We know that, you know, he's done a lot for the program. We're grateful. But if he's not going to elevate the program and continue to get better, if he's satisfied with this – we're not, and he's not the guy for us anymore. Right. Yeah, and, you know, Michigan State has to be careful because Wake Forest is coming in, and, you know, they, they really, really want to win this. Obviously, Michigan State does too, but um, it's just a different. Like you said, the standard's different. So Wake Forest is going to come in 110 miles per hour really wanting to win. You, you wonder if, if Michigan State's going to have their head into, into it because, like I said, you know, Michigan State, probably shouldn't be playing in this bowl game they mm-hmm. should be playing in, in a better bowl game so i feel like all the pressure is on michigan state because you lose this game to wake forest in the pinstripe bowl to end the season i yep. mean talk about a bitter taste to just end the season and have to deal with you know going into the off season and things like that so um i feel like all the pressures on michigan state we could potentially see wake forest come out and really jump on the spartans uh, we're gonna have to wait and see and who would have thought that that if wake forest does win this game then they'll finish the year nine and four Michigan State six and seven. I would have thought those records would have been flipped if right. you would asked me in the preseason. And it would have been still a down year for yeah. Michigan State. So yeah, it's it's crazy to see from what I'm seeing with just my friends who are Spartan fans and and just online and just kind of what people are saying who cover the Spartans. They want him. They want Mark or D'Antonio to go. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. I tell you what, looking at the Heisman Trophy race. Does anybody have a shot to take it away from Joe Burrow? I mean, is there a case for anybody else? I mean, I feel like you can make a case for 
pretty much all of the players mm-hmm. who are going to be there, who are in the running, who are finalists. Mm-hmm. But the the thing about it is, it, it's a quarterback award. You know <laughs> what I mean? Is. It is. I mean, do I do, do, could I make a case for Chase Young to to win it? Mm-hmm. I could because sure. he dominates games at his position. But he doesn't see enough plays or, you know, he doesn't have the ball in his hand every time. He's not making those spectacular plays or putting up the numbers. He's affecting a game just as much as potentially a quarterback just off his dominance and and really, you know, getting opposing quarterbacks on their toes because, you know, opposing quarterbacks are knowing where Chase Young is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the fact they don't, just don't have enough volume of of opportunities, I guess you could say. So I really want to see – I think it's – I want to see LSU win the national championship. Um, you know, I'm rooting for LSU. I do think Ohio State, it's Ohio State's to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely jumping on that LSU bandwagon. Um, didn't believe in Joe Burrow to start the season. I wanted to see consistency. He's been absolutely amazing. Yep. Um, when you're on a, the, one of the best teams in the country, you're the quarterback, and, and you're the main reason why, I mean, it's tough. It's tough, man. I don't think anyone else can really, really even come close to beating him. Would it be fair to say that there could be maybe not even a legitimate decision to be made, but it would definitely make the committee think a little bit harder, at least the voters think a little bit harder, had Chase Young not missed those two games for the reason that he missed? Yeah, I mean, I I think so. Obviously, you know, two games, who knows what could have happened. He could have dominated those games as well. Um, And, and, you know, anytime you have an off-field thing or something like that, it's kind of... You know, it raises a little bit of flag. So, um, I do think maybe if he had a, a couple more games to kind of show what he can do and and pad his stats a little bit more. Um, but I think what he's doing at his position is equally as impressive as what Joe Burrow's doing because yeah. mm-hmm. you know you're getting double teamed, but you're still dominating the game when you can when you can ruin a game as a defender as a defensive end. That that's unique. Mm-hmm. And um, whoever's going to be drafting Chase Young is going to be really happy. Um, but yeah, I think any time if you could have more opportunities to show what you can do, I think that's a good thing. And unfortunately, two games are taken away from him. Joe Burrow to the Bengals with the number one overall pick. Chase Young to the Giants at number two. I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. You know, that would work. Yeah, exactly. And and he's a perfect fit for New York. I feel like when New York was winning those Super Bowls, you know, with Eli Manning, what did they have? They had a dominant really good front seven. Dominant front seven. That's what they were known for. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what. Their bread and butter was, and their offense was doing just enough to to get it done. Um, and uh, you know, for some reason, franchises have this has this blue, blueprint, and when they can follow that blueprint, they're successful. And I think uh, Chase Young would be an extremely good addition to any team, but for the Giants, I just feel like that's such a perfect fit. And you think about the defenders that they've had during their Super Bowl runs, and when have they had somebody in the front seven as dominant as Strahan, Oisiu Minyora, Justin Tuck, guys like that? That's how they were winning Super Bowls, and I'd love to see Chase Young in some Giants blue. Me too, and, and honestly, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati um, – could work. It could work. It could work. It's it's just hard for me to see Cincinnati being successful. Right. I know that they've had years where they've you know made it to the first round of the playoffs, a wild card or whatever, or you know had decent seasons. Um, but Joe Burrow would be a step in the right direction. I mean, they got some young guys, young receivers, uh, young head coach, very innovative head coach. 
Andy Dalton was just too in- inconsistent. You know, mm-hmm. he he showed he could. He still has some stuff left in his tank, obviously. Um, but yeah, you need to get a young guy in there to kind of just start from scratch. And I think Joe Burrow would put them on the right track to actually turning things around there in Cincinnati. You know, and Joe Burrow is one of those guys said that there's not really any guy from this quarterback class that you know I said it a few weeks ago that makes me think they would be a solid NFL player. Like they would be a guy who's going to translate really well to the NFL game. And the more I watch Joe Burrow, the more I become convinced, you know, the more that I like what I see out of him. I was just kind of waiting for him to come back to earth, and he hasn't. And, he, he, you know, and I talked with Mike Golick Jr. earlier this week. He was on the show. And the point that he made is that you're not seeing Joe Burrow connect with receivers the way that most, uh, you know, 90% of college football quarterbacks are. He is throwing the ball right in the breadbasket. His accuracy is better than anybody else in college football. That's the kind of pinpoint accuracy that would translate to Sundays. Right, and and that's that's huge. And, he, you know, he has all the tools. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a bigger guy, strong arm. I'm just, you know, what impresses me most with him, obviously the accuracy is nice. He's surrounded, we know he's surrounded by the best of the best talent. He, he plays at LSU. You know, you got draft picks all over the place and things like that. But um, I just think he he just keeps his cool. I, I just haven't seen him kind of lose it mentally. And I think that's what's huge when, when you can get a guy who's just locked in and focused and, and you just get that feeling. I get that feeling with him. I've watched enough football in my life where, where I can be like, okay, I did strike out on Johnny Menzel, I'm not going to lie. But other than that, I've been pretty good on picking out talent at the quarterback and translating, and that translating to the NFL. I just see Joe Burrow, there's just something about him. You mm-hmm. know, he just has that it factor, and, and he's played in the biggest games you can in college football, and he's, he's produced, and, and I just think, he, you know, it's, he's Joe Cool, man. It's Joe Cool. Before uh, we hit the break, we're just coming across the bottom of the hour. Here are your stats of the day, and they both have to do with the Heisman Trophy. Oklahoma is the first school to have three different quarterbacks invited in three straight years since the Heisman Trophy ceremony moved to New York in 1981. Also, Ohio State is the seventh school in Heisman Trophy ceremony history to send two players to the ceremony that same year. However, they're the first program ever to do uh, to accomplish the feat with one on offense and one on defense. Interesting. How about that? So seven schools have sent multiple finalists before, but only one does it on both sides of the ball. Let's take another time out. When we come back, it's a good week to be a baseball player, and more specifically, a good week to be Scott Boris. Next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along. Here's your Sports Center update. The 2020 Major League Baseball draft will be held in Omaha prior to the College World Series. I think that's kind of cool. Last year they kicked off the College World Series with a pro game there. Tigers play the Royals at TD Ameritrade in Omaha. I've been there before. It's it's beautiful ballpark. I think it was there in 2017. So now the draft is going to kick off the College World Series in Omaha. Bring it to the heartland. It's going to be fun, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Peter DeBoer has been fired as head coach of the Sharks. DeBoer was in his fifth season as the head coach. The team says that it was due to on-ice performance, not anything in regards to what's been happening around hockey culture lately that Gary Bettman is doing his darndest to change. And finally, a high school student in Miami was arrested earlier this week and goes on trial today after trying the RKO wrestling move on his principal. The RKO is nicknamed 
the Randy Keith Orton after the professional wrestler who, <laughs> who <laughs> Jake's giving me this look across the way like he can't believe it. Uh, Randy Keith Orton is the pro wrestler who made the move famous. Um, it's a type of body slam. This high school student decided to try it on his principal, who was honored as Miami-Dade County's Principal of the Year back in April. He was charged with uh, disrupting an educational facility and assault of a school employee. I mean... Arcade is principal. I mean, <laughs> they're dumb and, and they're stupid. That goes beyond that. I mean, not going to lie... If I was a student back in the day, I was, you know, a little crazy back in high Were school. You really? You know, I probably would have I would have laughed. Would I have done it? <laughs> no. No, I mean that's that's insane. Um he must have had something against him. Well, how are you going to do it to the the principal, the principal. of the year though? You got to you got to think he's he's well liked and, you know, things like that. Somebody must have had a gripe against him, but I mean, that's not good. You're going to get yeah, you're going to assault, you're getting everything. So, you got to think that through. I tell you what, I was I found that story while I was doing show prep, and I looked at a related article. Turns out this is not this student's first RKO-related offense. He was arrested in April when he went to his local mall. There's like a fountain, apparently, at the mall. It's got like these, I don't know if they're fake or they're taxidermy, but they've got like wildlife, like animals around this fountain and everything. So he goes up to... I don't know if it was like a swampland portion or like they had swampland animals on display, but he decides to RKO the alligator that was set up at the fountain and was arrested for just shattering this alligator all over the mall floor. Why am I picturing this person as like a YouTuber or something, just trying to make content and doing crazy things? I mean, if you're going to do something that stupid, at least get it on video. It might go viral. You could potentially build a career. You could, you could, you know, Get started on a WWE wrestling career, possibly. I mean, please, I want to see video. Where's the video? I if there was somebody, a video. somebody had to have had video. If you're going to do something like that, you need to hire somebody that get a video of this because I'm about to do something completely stupid that might get millions of views. That's I'm, the world we live in. I'm pulling this up again. I'm looking to see if there's an actual video of him RKOing an alley. Oh, there is. There's a video. Oh, there's a video oh, in the man. news article. We're going to have to watch that during the break because I want to see him RKO an alligator. <laughs> First, though, we've got baseball to talk about because the winter meetings have been going on. It has been a really good week to be a baseball player, particularly Scott Boris, who is right now probably the hottest agent in baseball. Monday, he negotiated a $245 million contract for Steven Strasburg. He remains with the Nationals. Tuesday, he got Garrett Cole, $324 million to go pitch for the Yankees. I hate them. And Wednesday, as in yesterday, Anthony Rendon, the third baseman, just won the World Series with Washington, is headed out west. $245 million to the Angels. So over the course of the last three days, Scott Boris has negotiated $814 million worth of deals. I want to know what is his commission. <laughs> I believe it's, I heard 5% and I heard 10%. So I've heard oh, conflicting rumors. My goodness. Think about that. That's very smart what he did. I mean, he lined lined up day after day and used each deal as leverage. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, those numbers are absolutely mind-boggling. I woke up Wednesday morning. You know, I felt pretty good. You know, I feel pretty good about myself, where I'm at right now in life and things like that. I go on to social media and see Garrett, Garrett Cole signed a $300 million contract and made me feel so small. And God just got me sad. And I was like, well, how is this guy, 29 years old, just signed a nine-year deal, 300-something million, and then I'm getting just, you know, and then obviously the next day you see a 200 whatever million, mm -hmm. seven-year deal. It's just like 
that's insane that baseball has this much money. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't watch baseball a lot, but the money that's being thrown around you give a 29-year-old a nine-year contract for that much money? That's insane. I'm not even a Yankee hater. Right. You know, I don't, I don't even care. Um, you know, when the Yankees are good, baseball is better in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that each one of these players has the same agent, I mean, if I'm a baseball player, I'm trying to get a hold of this guy. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to figure it out because he's, he's just a smart guy, you know? Well, and like you said, other sports and their athletes have just got to be looking at baseball and just – are green with envy because Scott Boris off his commission alone, whether it's five or ten percent of eight hundred fourteen million dollars off commission alone, the last three days has made more than about five NFL players. That's insane! Isn't that crazy? It's insane. Off commission alone in three days. Man, what does it take to become a sports agent? I want to know. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but it seems like a good business to get into. If, if you can get your foot in the door and get clients, obviously, that's the big thing. Oh, man. Um, how amazing would that be to just yeah. have to work deals and just collect that commission? I don't know. And now you Pretty wonder who's going to sign tonight? Who's going to be tonight? <laughs> if we, it's, if, a, it's a huge wave, you yeah. know? You've got to one-up another uh, the other person and things like that. It's, 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 but it's so far out. Mm-hmm. Three hundred million dollars. Yep, and I'm pretty sure that we're, I'm talking to Garrett about Garrett Cole because obviously three twenty four, and the other were two forty five. Right, but I'm pretty sure. Did I hear he had, in five years he could potentially he opt out, opt out mm-hmm. and then get paid again? Yeah, that's insane. That's the thing, you know. And you hear people talking about why would you ever sign a pitcher to a nine year deal? It's a five year deal. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It, the opt out is after five years. It's a five-year deal. He's going to get his guaranteed money. Then he's going to go sign elsewhere. He'll be mid-30s by then. He's not going to be the same pitcher he is now. And there's a chance that you know, he'll still be good, barring no major injury, no Tommy John, something like that. We can presume that he'll still be really good. Yeah. But I tell you what, it is a five-year deal. And you're right. He's got the chance to renegotiate after five years or go get a whole new contract somewhere else. And then it's on top of the money he's probably already made, mm-hmm. which is probably pretty decent in itself. So... I mean, dude, the guy could probably have half a billion dollars yes. just from playing in the next, you know, ten years. It's insane. So it's insane. Baseball's insane. The money's insane. The money that these franchises throw around is just absolutely ridiculous. I just, I just, it's just mind blowing to me. I just can't comprehend it. You think Kyler Murray kind of regrets picking football now because he's frustrated in the sense that he's always been on winning teams. He says he's always been a winner. And he's just not used to being on a six-game losing streak like the Cardinals are on right now. And now he sees players getting this much money in Major League Baseball. You think he's starting to regret it a little bit? Maybe a little bit, but it's really hard as an MLB player. First of all, to just get into the MLB, mm-hmm. be successful, and get yourself to that contract. It's it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is very difficult. you got to have a lot of things go your way and things like that. Um Baseball's a lot less hard on your body, you know, physically you're a little bit, you know, I'm not saying it's like a cakewalk, but mm-hmm. you're not getting hit, you're not getting tackled and things like that. It's a little bit more lax and loose and the season's a little bit longer, you're playing in the summer, which is nice. I mean, he got he's got to be thinking about it, but you know, that's what amazed me with Kyler Murray when he had to make the decision. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at it as a as a young person, as young as he was, to to make that big of a decision in for your future was just it was impressive that he was able to kind of, you know, pick the pros and cons, and he obviously chose football. Is he regretting it right now? Maybe, but you know, he's in his rookie year. The mm-hmm. team, you know, there it's a young team around him. I do think Arizona with with the, with Kyler Murray under center will pretend, you know, eventually be be better, but. I don't know. He's still making. He's still going to be making money, man. More money than I'll probably see. <laughs> and he is playing well, to his credit. He yeah. is playing well this year, and he's got a really good 
quarterback uh, friendly head coach, and those two are working well together. So that maybe maybe it'll all work out for him in the future. Anyway, I'm just waiting to see who's the next domino to vote. Who's the next MLB player going to get paid? Big money. It was Strasburg Monday, Cole Tuesday, Rendon last night. Is it Mad Bum tonight? Does Madison Bumgarner get his deal? Uh, please, Twins. If uh, if I'm, I'm calling them out, I mean Falvey Levine, absolutely, probably like zero chance, less than that, that they're listening. But if you are, spend money. We deserve a winner, Twins fans. We deserve a winner, and we're not going to do that without spending money. Right. Go go get Mad Bum. Especially after a pretty good year yeah. this year. I mean, you're right there. Add add the X factor. Yeah. Go get Mad Bum, please. Do it. I don't know. Yeah, that guy's probably sitting just waiting. Can you imagine just signing the line on a like a nine year three hundred million? Like what are you, what are you thinking? Like what do you do after that? Yeah. Do you, obviously, you go out and eat a really good meal, mm-hmm. celebrate, but that's thirty six a year. That's crazy. I'd love to see what a lot of these athletes do after they sign the contract or they find out that they have the deal because it can't be a surprise that a lot of them are going to get a deal like this. Like Garrett Cole knew he was going to get that kind of money, but it's got to just feel weird once it actually sets in. Like. I am a $324 million man. Like, once that actually sinks in, I want to know what that's like. I feel like... So do I. I, I feel Trust like, me. <laughs> I don't we all. I, you know, it's like Mike Trout. I wonder if he... I don't know. Because he's, he's just boring. I wonder if Kawhi Leonard is, like, at all exciting when that happens. I, I, I would have to think you have to have some sort of excitement. I don't. I forgot which, which athlete it was, but they talked about the first time that's direct deposit hit Mm -hmm. they actually set an alarm for what two in the morning when Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be supposed to go in their bank account and logged on online just to see the number (laughs) and and what it felt like and i could only imagine you're you're walking on clouds Mm -hmm. at that moment um and it it probably wouldn't hit me till i start spending the money (laughs) then i go back to my bank account and realize still how much more money i have to where it's like okay i have i have a pretty decent amount of money i don't know i don't know if it ever hits that would just be insane man Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Let's take our last time out. When we come back, we'll talk a little basketball. The Bucks just keep on winning. And what do we make of the Wolverines? How confusing are they? Well, maybe not as much as people are making them out to be. Plus, we're going to watch that video here during the break. RKO and an alligator next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of today's show, you can get caught up on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple I Store, Google Play, or look up ESPNUP.com and get the on-demand there. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along. Well, we turn our attention to the hardwood. The Bucks just keep on winning. And I tell you what, Jake, this has got to be like the quietest 16-game winning streak I've ever heard of because the Bucks are just dominating right now. Giannis, you know, they didn't really need him last night as they blow out the Pelicans. Giannis is still dealing with a lingering injury. It just feels like unless you're a Bucks fan or you're following the NBA close, that you wouldn't know about the 16-game winning streak. And I just, like, the casual basketball fan probably would be surprised to know the Bucks have won 16 in a row. I just don't understand why. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not like they're going to fall off of, you know, a make-believe cliff after last year. Yeah, they came up short and things like that, but, um, you know, they, they got another year around them. They did lose a, a little bit, but I just feel like Giannis is, is playing still at another level, even from last season. Um, you know, even myself, I haven't really been 
um, keeping track of, you know, I obviously we cover the Bucks and we run highlights, but I haven't watched full games to kind of get a full feel of what this Milwaukee team is all about because of the dominance of the L.A. teams. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm just so intrigued with the, the Lakers right now. I don't know what it is about this Lakers run, but it's it's just refreshing to see, I guess, to that's, see the Lakers good. That's what everyone wants to see. Is the, They want to see the Lakers light up the highlight reel yeah. like they did last night against Orlando as they won 96 to 87. Yes. Um but but even last night I was I was t- texting a good friend of mine, shout out Frank. Um you know Frank. I know Frank. Frank, good good guy, knows a lot about sports. Should actually probably have him on the show. He listens to this a Love lot. To have him on. Um you know, he's very intelligent and he knows what he's talking about, but um you know, he's a huge LeBron fan and we're talking about that, but you know, we we're talking about the Bucks and just how impressive it is and and really, I mean, you look at the Eastern Conference yeah, the Celtics are doing good, but like, uh, okay. Oh, come on. Uh, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I feel like Philly has kind of just been kind of all right. You know what I mean? That's I don't what think, I've been saying. They haven't know, gotten better Embiid, this offseason. Embiid is averaging, you know, when Embiid doesn't score, Embiid, Embiid needs to be in scoring almost 30 a game. Yeah. That's how dominant this guy should be. Mm-hmm. You know, getting 20 points a game isn't good enough, and he needs to be a dominant player for that team to win, and, and right now he's he's just a good player. He's mm-hmm. not a dominating player, so that's what's wrong with them. But the East is just blah. I mean, the Pistons are just so bo- like I can't watch them. It, it makes not me even sick. Derrick Rose the other they, night, they, the game that, winner. Okay, so once in a while they'll they'll peak, they'll spike, and you'll get a game like that. D Rose is amazing. D Rose is the man. Obviously, I'm rooting for D Rose. Um, but, but this is just the roster itself is just not entertaining to me. I don't know what it is. We need we need somebody else, man. Reggie Jackson needs to go. Sorry, I know I've been saying this for for a long time. You know, keep D Rose around. Um, they just need they just need they need some juice into that roster. So, um, going back to the Bucks, I know I get off track a lot. I'm sorry, but you know you got to respect what they're doing. They're a solid team. They play defense. They play on both ends of the floor. They got length. They got shooters. Uh, you know, this is going to be a tough out. I would love to see like a, a Bucks Lakers final. Sure. I think that would be pretty nice. Um, but right now, man, the Western Conference, I want to see the Lakers and the Clippers. That's just what I'm on right now. Yeah. I know it's still early, and, I, and I'm not fully in NBA mode. I'm still NFL mode right mm. now. But, yeah, I mean, right now it's fun watching these Lakers play. Is rock bottom for the Warriors losing at home to the New York Knicks as they did last night? Probably. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, it, it doesn't feel like this is like a hopeless situation for them right now. It like, does it? Not, not <laughs> for, I mean, I'm talking about, like, for the Warriors' sake, um, you know they can, they're going to bounce back. I mean, for the Knicks, yes, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, uh, Knicks fans, it's not good. You have players who were supposed to sign um, this season. KD, you know, I'm, I just watched an interview with KD where he's just kind of bashing, you know, bashing the Knicks. Mm-hmm. You got Kyrie Irving bashing the Knicks. Why would I go there? I'd rather go to Brooklyn. We're the team in New York now. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Um, it's it's bad for Knicks fans, and it's not going to change. It's kind of like the Cowboys. They need to change. In the in the upper levels, right? You know they got to not from the ground up, from the top up. They got to they got to make some changes. Um, I mean, but for the Warriors, they're going to bounce back. Obviously, they're they're having a you know down year in their standards, but they're going to bounce back. I, I feel they're going to get all their players back. Probably get a really decent pick, and they'll be back. You got the big one tonight. You've got the Celtics at home against Philadelphia. Philly handed them a road loss. It was a home win for Philly on opening night. Man, the C's got Gordon Hayward back. Yeah. I know they just dropped one last night against Indiana. Maybe they shouldn't have. But I tell you what, I like this team a lot. Mm-hmm. Just another well-rounded team. They got the wings. They got big men who can, you know, be down low and score in the bat, score in the post and 
Kemba Walker. I was about to say Kyrie. Kemba Walker has been playing really, mm. really good, and, and he's the player that they, they thought he was going to be when they signed him um, in the offseason. So, I mean, I'm a huge Jalen Brown fan. I'm a huge Jason Tatum fan. Um, they can do damage. Yeah. They can do damage. They very well can represent the East in the finals if if they keep it up. So, um, yeah, I think tonight's going to be a good game. I think Boston's going to win. You brought up the Pistons a few minutes ago, and they have a fun one tonight. I don't know if it's the big one tonight. The must-watch is probably Philly and Boston, but the fun one maybe, at least in some sense, is the Pistons taking on Luka and Dallas in Mexico City tonight. Yeah, I mean, Dallas is just one of those teams. If you're just a fan of basketball, you got to tune into Luka. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't, if you're listening out there and really haven't been paying attention to what Luka Doncic is doing right now, I mean, this guy, every single night he puts on a show, he does something where you're just kind of like, I can't believe this guy just did that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are saying he could potentially be the best European basketball player ever. Yeah. Ever. And he's not even been in the league that long. He's, and he's 20 years old. 20 years old. Um, the guy's been playing professionally since he was a, you know, a, a very young teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't seem to get rattled. Really likes the spotlight. But he's not, like, too extra. Right. You know what I mean? you got those guys who, who come in, and they're just really extra. He kind of just does what he has to do, and he has a little swagger. Um, very relatable to people. And it's just fun to watch. If, you, if you're a fan of basketball and you haven't been able to watch the Mavericks play, you know, jump on YouTube or something and watch this guy's highlight reel because this guy's amazing. And, yeah. and you know, we got a lot. Luckily, we got a lot of time. You know, he's only 20 years old. He's going to be in the league for a while, so we got a lot of time to watch him grow. But if this is him just scratching the surface, I mean, oh my goodness, I don't know. This guy is is absolutely on another planet. He is doing things at 20 years old that the only other person in the game ever to do at that age was LeBron James. Yeah, and that's he is very, on that level. Very good company. Very good company, and. I know. I remember him coming into the league. People were questioning, like, does he have the athleticism? Mm-hmm. That was the main thing. Like, he's good, but he doesn't have like professional basketball athleticism. Right. Will he get blown by? Um, I mean, I'm sure he could probably work on the defensive end a little bit, but no one saw the intangibles. The the what? I don't. I I don't know the word, but just the X factorness mm-hmm. that he brings is just. Out of this world. He just had the intangibles he brings is just ridiculous. You think about like it's it's tough to to scout players from those European countries. You know, playing a different, not necessarily style of basketball, certainly a level of competition and intensity. It's tough to scout a player from Europe and judge how he's going to translate to the NBA because for every Luca, for every Kristaps, for every Dirk. There are like 50 Andrea Bergnanis, you know, uh, Mario Hezionias, whatever. You know, it, it's tough to scout uh, players from over there. And once in a while, you get one to stick like Luca does. You miss the big one. Yeah. Darko. Darko. Milicic. How could I miss him? That was so bad. Take it one spot before LeBron. One spot. Yeah. I don't even want to get into that. That was just a <laughs> blunder of all blunders. We could have Carmelo, we could have Dwayne Wade, we could have Chris Bosh. Oh, my goodness. Nope. Anyways. Took Darko. Took Darko. But, yeah, I mean, it is really hard because you never really know how, how uh, a person's going to react having to fly to another country. Obviously, the game's different. Dealing with a new town, new languages. You know, European players have so much more they have to, uh, you know, figure out mm-hmm. rather than, you know, an American coming and just having to move to a new city. It's a whole different ballgame. You know, there's a lot more that goes on to it. So it is definitely a risk. But I do feel like the gap's closing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as the years go by, I feel like European players kind of are understanding the game more here in, in the U.S. So, um, 
but it's it's the same thing. I mm-hmm. mean, you can you can hit and really miss it with American players as well. So sure. Um, but like I said, it's it's just a chance. It's, some teams hit, some teams don't. Last couple of minutes we have together. Let's look at the college game. What do you think of Michigan basketball? Have you been paying much attention to them yet, or are you still in football mode? You know, I I, I watched the Battle for Atlantis tournament, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes in those early season tournaments, a little bit of magic happens where you just get on a roll. It's still early, um, and you just you just play. You're playing hard, and, and it's new, and everything's great. Um, and Michigan was obviously playing look really dominant. They went from unranked to being ranked in the top ten. I think number four, the first, the highest mm-hmm. um, any unranked team the following week has been ranked um so yeah they looked really nice to start the season now they're kind of coming back down to earth a little bit i don't know what it is with this team i i've paid attention they seem they have the players they're just not consistent you know and and it, it they were shooting the ball really well then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they can't shoot so i'm not really sure what's wrong with this team I, I i don't know i don't even know if there's something wrong with them i just louisville you got to credit their defense the other night louisville's yeah. defense when they beat michigan was just outstanding michigan last night though i credit dick vitale you know kind of the godfather of college basketball tweeted before the game started i'm interested to watch michigan on the road tonight in champagne something to that extent you know he kind of foreshadowed it was going to be tough for them because illinois is one of the they're certainly not a basketball school but they're one of those programs that will make you earn a win whenever you go to champagne dickie he knew that was going to be a toughie for michigan and just the way that they get up for games in champagne he knew it was going to be a tough environment i think that says more about illinois what we saw last night rather than michigan uh, I think we learned a lot more about Illinois than we did Michigan last night. I think we're learning a lot about the Big Ten this week because we saw another top five team go down when Penn State beat Maryland in uh, in Happy Valley. Right? Yeah, I mean, college football is crazy because you know these type of games are going to happen. There's going to be upsets, and yeah, Illinois is definitely far removed from the glory days when when they had D. Brown, Luther Head, Darren Williams. Now that was a great oh, team. Boy. Um, I was a huge, I was rooting, a huge fan of that that team. Um, and I, I I still remember when they beat um, was it Salim Stoudemire and the Arizona mm-hmm. Wildcats in March uh, in March Madness that was great. Anyways, going back to that, yeah, I mean Illinois far removed from being a dominant basketball school like that, but any given night you can be beat. It's college basketball, and um, especially when you you start getting a little bit momentum and you're in the media when when you're Michigan making noise, teams are going to come out and want to beat you. And and it's still relatively a younger team. Obviously, first year head coach in Juwan Howard. There's going to be bumps along the road. I'm not really worried. Um, obviously, if it was later in the season, I'd be worried. But they they still got to figure some stuff out and things like that. So um, I feel like Juwan Howard. You know, he's a player's coach. I think his players like him. Uh, I think he'll right the ship. It's been an inconsistent start, but. That should have been expected with a young team. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. With that, it's 5 o'clock and it's time to sign off. Appreciate you being here, my man. Braving the weather, what have you. What's coming up at Local 3 we should be aware of? Hey, we're just, you know, we're in the the high school basketball season. We're gearing up for the high school sports zone. It's going to start in early January. Uh, Tune in. We're going to have some really unique coverage. I'm going to be hitting up practices. Take, taking part in practices, learning some sets with teams and things like that. Uh, we're covering both boys and girls basketball, obviously high school hockey. Um, so definitely tuning in to all the local high school sports in the winter sports season. Obviously the Packers run, we're going to be following that closely. NMU Sports, College Sports, Michigan Tech, you know, the, the whole gamut. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. That's it for us. Back on tomorrow, same time and place, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. It's my hope that you join us. Until then... For Jake Durant, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN UPWZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.